Guardian Unlimited. Three races, three different winners. Lewis Hamilton sets a new record by becoming the first novice to score three successive podium finishes. And Hamilton now shares the lead of the World Championship. Those are the headlines from Bahrain. This is Morris Hamilton of The Observer and BBC Radio 5 Live. Welcome you to the Formula One show on Guardian Unlimited. Now, I'm joined here in the paddock in Bahrain by Ian Phillips, former editor of Autosport, now the director of business affairs for the Spiker team, and my former sparring partner on Radio 5 Live. Ian, it's good to have you back. Now, we know that Felipe Massa won for Ferrari, but hey, let's cut to the chase. Lewis Hamilton finished second, joint leader of the championship. Have you ever seen a greater debut than this of a novice? No, it's absolutely sensational, Morris. I, I have to admit, I love, I'm watching every lap that he does, even in the untimed sessions, and the maturity he's showing in the race is just phenomenal. And, you know, the great thing is, we lost Michael Schumacher last year, and the thing that made Michael great, in my mind, was the fact that, better than any other driver before him, he eliminated the number of mistakes that he was able to make. And Lewis has done the same. It is sensational what he's doing. And the great thing this weekend, he has trounced two-time world champion and teammate Fernando Alonso in every session. He's just made him look a bit ordinary, to be honest. And, you know, it's not only is it great for us at home in, in Britain, but it's great for motorsport too, because he is a young kid that everybody can relate to. He's going to bring a whole new audience uh, to Formula One, and I think that's terrific. Yeah, we'll get to Alonso in a minute, but you're absolutely right. I mean, he did give him a good drubbing, but just getting back to Lewis's race, he started from the front row of the grid. On pole was Felipe Massa. Now, of course, a bit of history between these two from a week ago in Malaysia, so you knew there was going to be a bit of tension going into the first corner, which Lewis Hamilton knew would be quite dirty and dusty, and there was certainly the potential there for a bit of a mistake, a bit of an error, sliding wide. But again, he got it absolutely right, didn't he? And just had to tuck in, nearly got the lead, but didn't quite. Yeah, it was a sensational opening lap from Lewis, really, because you know, he got alongside Massa. And, you know, Massa's a bit of a hothead, as we've seen in, uh, in, in recent races. And I thought it was a very, very brave thing to do. But, you know, he knows that you can win a race at, at the first corner, um, or on the first lap anyway. And he was there. I mean, and he was so brave. And, and you're right, he was on the wrong side of the track, the dirty side of the track. And the sand has been blowing a bit during the course of the day anyway. So it was going to be worse than anything they've experienced over the last couple of days. But he just held on there, brave 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 but he took the right decision at, at, at the end of the day he wasn't going to get past him he tucked inside him but you know sensational stuff really I mean you would expect a man in his third race doing something like that to actually have gone off into the into the sand really but he didn't and full marks to him now, I suppose, Ian, really, we could argue that uh, there was even more pressure, perhaps, on Massa because, you know, driving for Ferrari, he messed up big time a week ago in Malaysia. He hadn't got the win that he'd expected to, so he's on pole. He knows he has to do the business again. He knows he's got Lewis Hamilton alongside. He knows what Lewis is all about, but he did the business on the day. He didn't put a foot wrong. He's got that win now. He's got that monkey off his back. He's back in the frame, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Felipe Massa's, to be honest. When he came in... 
uh, five, six years ago. The man had raw speed, I mean incredible speed, but no discipline at all. And Peter Sauber actually sacked him and made him take a rest for a year. Uh, then he brought him back and then he went and did testing for a year with Ferrari. Had a good year last year, I think, with, with Schumacher. And I thought he'd got over the hot-headedness. And he was pretty quick. He was really the quickest man during the, the winter testing. And I, I think just the pressure of almost leading the team, even though he's got the man that everybody considers to be fastest on earth as a teammate in Kimi Raikkonen, I think the pressure probably got to him uh, a little bit. But hopefully he's buried all of that today because I'm, I'm a big fan. I thought he drove a very, very good race today. And, yeah, he knows the world wants Lewis Hamilton to win and they're willing him to make a mistake. And he didn't, not today. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. Uh, fair, fair play to Felipe Massa there. And as you say, his teammate, the much-touted Kimi Raikkonen, now he came home third. Uh, he's really had a bit of a difficult weekend because he had, he says, traffic during his lap in qualifying. That's why he was third in the grid. Uh, but he was overtaken then by Alonso on the first lap. He got that back during the pit stop sequences, but then he couldn't actually get on terms with Lewis Hamilton towards the end. So third place for Kimi Raikkonen. He won in Melbourne. You got the impression, though, sometimes it's hard to tell with Kimi whether he's happy or not but he didn't look particularly pleased to be third and on the podium. I mean, is he beginning to realise too that he's got a fight within the team? Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely right. I, I was unconvinced by him this weekend, to be, to be honest. Well, I have to say, I've been pretty unconvinced by him all year. I know he won in, in Melbourne. I think he got a superior car at the time and his teammate had made a mistake in practice, started at the back of the grid and, and wasn't there to bother him. And I'm not sure he's really comfortable. He doesn't look a happy man to me in, uh, in Ferrari. And, you know, there's masses the guy that's been there, all right, only for a year, but I think they like him. And I'm not sure whether Kimi's an easy bloke. I think none of us really know the real Kimi Raikkonen and what he's like. We know, know what he's like in uh, parties after, after <laughs> the race, but we don't know what he's like to work for. And I, he just seems to me to be not totally comfortable there. And he's probably shocked by the speed of Massa. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's part of it, actually, as you say, because uh, Massa has a detesting for Ferrari. He speaks the language. He's, he's bedded into the team. Kimi's coming along to replace Michael Schumacher. Now, he's no Michael Schumacher, and he'll be the first to tell you that. But he's just the sort that turns up, drives the car, and then goes home for a, whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, so he is a different kettle of fish, and he has to be careful here because Massa will become the favourite quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that is the case al already. I don't think... You, you're right that Kimi isn't the sort of guy to integrate himself with the team. I mean, I, you know, I don't know the situation well enough, but, you know, uh, Spiker, we run Ferrari engines and we hear things. And, uh, you know, I would say Massa's just, he's just got the edge there. He's got a, a family around him. And as I say, I think he's always been quick ever since he first came into uh, Formula One. He, he was frighteningly fast, as everybody always thought that Kimi Raikkonen was. But there's more to just being fast. And how many people have we seen actually throw away careers, really, really fast drivers, but have never delivered in terms of race wins or championships? Because it's a seven-day-a-week job. It's not about turning up for an hour and three quarters on a, on a Sunday. You know, there's an awful lot to put into it. And I wonder whether Raikkonen really puts that the kind of effort that he's required and meets the benchmark set by Michael Schumacher, his predecessor at Ferrari. OK, so we've talked about the um, possible tension inside Ferrari, Ian. 
But what about McLaren? I mean, what, what on earth is uh, Fernando Alonso thinking? Because he finished fifth BMW of Nick Heidfeld beat him. We'll get on to Nick Heidfeld and BMW in a minute. But Alonso did not look comfortable there at all today. And the word is beginning to filter out that he's beginning to see or think that Lewis Hamilton is the blue-eyed boy of the McLaren team. And it's beginning to affect him a little. What do you think? Well, certainly throughout this weekend, Alonso has been very, very unconvincing to, to me. Um, you know, he, he's got to put a bit more effort in, but I think you're absolutely right. And, and I also know from some insiders there that even in Melbourne, when Lewis ran second for a good part of the race, but Alonso got him on pit stop strategies, that there was a real feeling in the McLaren camp that they wished that hadn't had happened and that Lewis had finished finished second in that in that opening race. And yeah, I Alonso's used to having, you know, the whole Renault people around him and, you know, the boss of the team as his manager and looking after him and fair play to him, he, he delivered. But, you know, Maurice, you and I had conversations with various Renault people during that two two years that uh, he had there. And there were times when they felt that he wasn't putting in the maximum amount of effort. He wasn't getting the best out of out of the car. And yeah, it just didn't look right to me this weekend at all. Well, it didn't last weekend. I know, I know he won the race, but somehow the momentum is all with Lewis. And it's not just in the team. It's not just here in the paddock. It's around the world. And, you know, to be fair, Alonso hasn't been a good world champion. He's disappeared during the winter. He hasn't really done anything for the sport. He's a young guy. You know, he ought to be out making headlines and, and really milking it for, for what it is. You know, it's a great thing to be a double world champion back to back. And I think he's been hugely disappointing as a, as a world champion. I can't wait for Lewis to be world champion. And, you know, I'm sure now that he will be. Um, and Alonso's going to sink into a be like a snail is going back into his shell I think so, so I take it from what you're saying there that I mean Lewis is going to win a race sometime this year and so, I mean he's leading the, it's an amazing thing <laughs> you know he's leading the championship but he it's hard to believe he's going to be a championship contender after just three races but that is the case he's certainly going to win one on the basis of what we've seen isn't he oh I think there's absolutely no doubt about it at Spiker we've got a guy called Adrian Sutil who was uh, Lewis's teammate in Formula 3 two years ago and you know they're still the best of mates they went on holiday together after Australia and Adrian believes that Lewis can win races this year and I know that Adrian's manager has actually put on a bet on Lewis to win the world championship at 30 to 1. <laughs> well it's, it's no coincidence perhaps that when Lewis was on a slowing down lap at the previous race in Malaysia uh, we actually caught a little uh, glimpse of uh, wh how he's thinking because he said very calmly over the radio to his engineer Phil Prue, we're going to win one you know we are and it wasn't, it wasn't bravado it wasn't the adrenaline surging through him it was a fact and he actually believes he's going to do it. Yeah, and he's he's driving like that too. There's a, the confidence is is unbelievable. It, it, it shows, but you're right. There's no sort of flamboyance about it. It's just straightforward matter of fact. I know I'm going to win races, you know. And he doesn't get carried away making mistakes, which is the sort of thing that a rookie normally would do. And I think we have to give full marks to all the guys at McLaren, the way they brought him up over the years from, from karting and, and, and so on. And they took the chance uh, to put him in this year. There was a time last year when we thought that they wouldn't be bold enough to, mm. to put him in. I, I believed at the time it was the right decision to put him in and I'm sure they're feeling very relieved because it could have backfired on them, but it certainly hasn't. And you know, to be leading the world championship 
after your first three races. Fantastic. And all three races on the podium. It's just so exciting. All right, so if Alonso hasn't got enough problems, uh, as, we dis as we were discussing, Ian, uh, Nick Heidfeld finishes fourth, beats him fair and square, the third, fourth place finish for Heidfeld in a row. BMW definitely the third team now. Now, Nick drove for you when, you, when Spiker was previously Jordan. Are you surprised by this? Not really, no. Uh, Nick was always quick, um, very lazy. Um, but he probably had a right to be when he was at Jordan, to be honest, because <laughs> we, we didn't give him a very comfortable ride. Um, but, you know, again, that was a, a decision that he made to come and spend a year with us. He didn't get paid. He had to pay his own expenses, and he was worth a lot, a lot more than that. But he had to stay in Formula 1. He did a workmanlike job. He scored a few points for us. Um, and, you know, he went to Williams on our recommendation did a good job there and BMW invested in him straight away really they, when they were supplying Williams with engines they saw what he was capable of doing and you know they, they took him on I think he's done a very good job he's not a natural leader of men he's very very quiet um, but I think it kind of suits that uh, that team you know they're still effectively Sauber based in Switzerland they're quiet and they just get on with the job but I've been very impressed with what they've what they've done actually, not just this year, over the winter, even even last season, because they picked up the Salva team, which, you know, was a team that lacked ambition, and to be honest, they didn't take a lot of Formula One experience with them. I mean, Mario Tyson, who's the the team boss, he'd been an engine supplier for four or five years with Williams, you know, but they've done. A, I think they've done a really really good job, and they just got a typical German efficiency if, if you like and, and the quality that BMW stands for and I think Nick has really risen to the occasion whether he can go the next step or not I really don't know probably help if he shaved his beard off I think but uh. <laughs> yes it's vying with Jensen Button for the most terrible beard in the paddock no question about that but I think uh, the BMWs they're about three to four tenths of a second off the pace of Ferrari and McLaren nonetheless they are there ready to pick up the pieces should there be a problem as Alonso clearly had not happy with the handling of his McLaren uh, during the latter stages of the race and so, sort of supporting uh, Heidfeld and BMW finally is Robert Kapitscher got his first points of the season under his belt finally after a troubled start to the year for him. Uh, even then, though, during the race, the fuel filler cap was apparently open most of the time, which, of course, disturbs the aerodynamics on the car, but he brought his car home sixth. Jarno truly was seventh. Uh, a, a tough fight he had towards the end in the Toyota because he had Giancarlo Fisichella closing in on him, but we had Ian, the Renault's eighth and ninth, the reigning world champions. They won this race last year. They're having a bit of a struggle it shows you how Formula One can be uh, peaks and troughs, and they're falling into a big trough at the moment. They're, well, they're struggling to make the car work. Yeah, I mean, you know, how quickly can you can you fall? Um, it, it surprises me because I think they're a very good team, but I do think they're lacking. With and there's obviously clearly something not quite right with the car at the moment, but you know. Uh, Fisichella is not a team leader. He's a sublime driver when he wants to be, but he's not a team leader. And I have to say, I'm wholly unconvinced by Kovalainen. Um, and, you know, he he ought to be 
I don't know what, what's missing, but he doesn't seem to have the spark. Like uh, Kubica, you just mentioned, uh, the BMW driver, you know, right from the start, you knew that guy was great. Yeah, of course, he made mistakes, but Kovalainen just at the, at the moment doesn't do anything for me. But, you know, there they were, <laughs> Fischer Keller trailing uh, Jano truly home. I mean, I saw some appalling stuff out on the track today. It was great to watch, but to be honest, truly, I don't know when when this is going to come to an end, but I mean, he holds up dozens and dozens of cars. I mean, he's he, he, great stuff to watch, but I mean, he, he really, you know, his race pace is shocking. We're just rounding off the finishers now. Uh, Ian, I'm with Ian Phillips here, the business manager for the Spiker team. We've got your two boys near the end, but before them, Ian, we've got the two Williams, uh, Rosberg and Wirtz, 10th and 11th. A bit of a disappointment. I think they were promising more. Looked like they were getting the points, but it's not quite happening for the Williams team somehow. No, I'm, I'm very impressed with Rosberg, I have to say. I mean, he's a racer, and, you know, the battle he had with uh, truly... It, I, I don't understand why he didn't win it because he clearly had a quicker car. I think he lost it at the start because um, he qualified in the in the top ten, but he came round at the end of lap one in twelfth or thirteenth place, and he just got messed up with uh, with traffic. Um, and he he made some great efforts to get past the, the the dreaded truly, and it just never quite happened. And he made quite a lot of mistakes in doing so and just didn't make the, uh, the progress that he should have made. The car's quicker than that, and he's definitely quicker than that. But, yeah, it didn't happen for him today. But I think it will happen for, for Williams. It, it looks pretty good to me. Um, his teammate, Verts, is, is a test driver, always has been, and I don't think he's really going to make uh, much of an impression. But I, I think they would have been... Williams would be disappointed with what happened today because, you know, I think Rosberg's actually on fire. He looks brimful of confidence and, uh, and, and the, car's, the car's OK. He'll be all right. OK, well, Ralph Schumacher uh, came home 12th in the other Toyota, then Rubens Barrichello struggling still with the Honda uh, in 13th place. Now, your boys, Ian, Christian Albers and uh, Adrian Sutil got some finishes anyway, 14th and 15th. What's your view? Yeah, to be honest, that's what we, we set out to achieve, Morris, just to bring the cars home to, to the end. We had a disaster in, in Malaysia. We didn't test there. We introduced a radical new aerodynamic package. The track was lousy on the Friday, and we just found ourselves behind. So we spent this week really catching up. Uh, we're going off to Barcelona for a bit of testing to find a bit more pace. Um, Adrian Sutil, to be honest, he... he clashed with Scott Speed at the at the first corner um, and lost his nose box and bent the pins and took us three laps to uh, to repair it but his lap times were pretty good after after that it was on hard tires at the start because he damaged his soft ones I think to be honest had he made a clean start he'd have been bothering Schumacher and Barrichello and to be honest I've seen better driving in Tesco's car park than than those two at the start of the race it was simply appalling they were throwing handbags at each other and it was it was pathetic to watch uh, to be honest and and they're our next target we we've, we've got to beat a Honda and I think we can well, yes, indeed. Talking of Honda, the final classified finisher was Anthony Davidson, even though he was parked by the side of the road, blown Honda engine on his Super Aguri. Uh, we had six retirements, uh, well, seven, including Anthony Davidson. Mark Webber went out uh, with gearbox trouble, but he'd been having problems with the fuel flap yet again on his Red Bull car. David Coulthard, a bitterly disappointing retirement there with a drive shaft broke on his Red Bull. He started from the back of the grid, gearbox trouble during qualifying. They took a chance and ran him light in the early stages, 
He made up 10 places at various stages. He came to life in this race, David Coulthard, after, I have to say, a bit of a lacklustre start to the season. Was looking good running midfield when, I say, he retired uh, after 36 laps to Comisato, went out with engine failure. Uh, Tony Oliuzzi had hydraulics problems in his Toro Rosso. Jensen Button and Scott Speed. We heard Ian talk about Adrian Sutil and Speed having a clash at the first corner. So did Jensen Button, got involved in somebody else's accident. I rather fancy from the way the uh, Honda is going so badly, it was actually doing Jensen a favour and saving him having to drive the rest of the afternoon in a very difficult car. So there we have it. That's the third round of the championship. Three races, three different winners. Raikkonen, Alonso and today Felipe Massa. Lewis Hamilton shares the lead of the championship. And now we prepare to turn to Europe and the Spanish Grand Prix. So we've got a, we've got a four-week break until then. But we'll be back with a Formula One show on Guardian Unlimited. But until then, keep the revs up. Safe motoring. This is Morris Hamilton saying goodbye from Bahrain. Guardian Unlimited.